This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. And welcome back to the special edition of the NBA Free Agency Podcast. Lots of things going on, so I don't want to bore you. Let's hop right into it. First things first, biggest news. KD and Kyrie to the Nets confirmed. I I don't know. It's Obviously this year you can't have too many high expectations with injuries and such, but um, in 2021 you looked at them and you have no excuses. You have two of the top ten players in the world, arguably. So Kyrie and KD to the Nets. I did not expect KD to leave. Um, obviously, I expected Kyrie to go to the Nets because he just was uh, – we were told he was going to go there from the start. Um, also, picking up DeAndre Jordan is a little help. Uh, he's a lot like Jarrett Allen, so I think that's weird. But he could help – he'll help me- mentor Jarrett Allen for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's the big news, but now we're going to get down to what I like, the little, not little signings, but the signings that aren't the headline of the newspaper, but are going to make you a championship team. The Jazz. Um, you know, you're not really quite a contender. You're pretty good. Um, but you just don't have that oomph. And you go out this offseason and you look at your options. We can re-sign Derek Favors, and then we're limited. Or we can go get a proven point guard in Mike Conley, who you know played on one of the most physical teams of this basketball era. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over. He is a true point guard. And to pair with a young Donovan Mitchell... And then you go and get Bogdanovich. You know, see, on the court at the same time, you could have you can have Conley, Donovan, um, Ingles, the janitor, Bogdanovich, and Gobert. And that's a hard team to stop. I That's a hard team to stop. Will they be limited some on defense? Yes. Bogdanovich and Ingles are much better defenders than you give it credit for. Um, Mitchell plays pretty good defense for his size. But then in the paint, you have the defensive player of the year in the Stifle Tower. If they can fill out their bench and stay healthy, get a Dante Exum back, if Nito can keep growing, the Jazz are going to be a pretty good team. I don't know if they'll be contenders, but they're building a good team. Um, the the Pelicans getting JJ Redick. That's a good pickup. That's a great pickup. You know, Lonzo Ball is your point guard. You need shooters because he's limited. So now on this court at the same time, you could have Lonzo, Drew, JJ, Ingram, and Zion. It's a very small lineup. But you know what that lineup's going to do better than anybody in the NBA next year? Run. Alvin Gentry pushes the pace. That's what these guys will do. JJ, Drew, Ingram can all shoot. Ingram not at an elite level. JJ's at an elite level. Drew's at an above average level. Then you have Zion crashing to the hoop. There's the Pelicans have made moves this offseason. Letting Julius Randle go is a hard decision, 
but it's something you have to do, especially now with Zion Williamson being compared to Julius Randle. That wouldn't create a good locker room dynamic. So David Griffin at the Pelicans is doing a fantastic job. Um, I think the Bucks had a terrible day. Uh, I think you overpaid Brooke Lopez and you pay- overpaid Chris Middleton. Um, I don't think either were worth the money. I think Brooke Lopez got is around $11 million a year, and um, Middleton got, like, a, I want to say five-year, $178 million or something like that. I'm not looking at their numbers. I don't like those picks. So that's just my first um, – that's my initial reaction to what's already happening. It's 6.30. Um, I'm going to be going throughout the night. This will be posted Monday or Sunday night or Monday morning, so you guys will be able to just kind of hear our raw reactions. I'm going to have a couple listeners call in. I'm going to tweet out that um, I'm going to tweet out, and if someone wants to come on the show that I don't know, I'll give them my number. We'll call in and just kind of try to kind of do this like a radio show. Get some raw reactions for people. Maybe try to get a Knicks fan on, see what they say. But uh, those are my initial reactions. And let's just keep on rolling with this. I'm going to, um, I'll be back when the next big signing happens. We have our first caller on the line and it's my man, Corey Compton. He's here and, uh, we're going to get his feedback on what he's thinking so far of this crazy NBA free agency. But yeah, Corey, what do you think of the uh, signings that have happened or maybe haven't happened and like kind of what you foresee or what you're thinking? Well, Taylor, first of all, pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, no problem. First thing I want to talk about, let's talk about the Lakers, all right? Around here, people either hate him or love him, LeBron. LeBron's going to need some castmates. So let's talk about what I think the Lakers should do. All right. I uh, I might be in the minority, but I don't want the Lakers to go out and get another max player. I don't. I'm with you on that. I think if you use that money, instead of putting it all in another franchise player, and you spread out the wealth a little bit, I think they'll be a lot better off. Now, if you think, what are the Lakers? If you think back, Shaq and Kobe, two superstars, great defenders, great ball movement around them and that worked they were incredibly talented Mm -hmm. so you have lebron you have ad so what do you do do you go get Kawhi? no that's a lot of money in one player what i think with kd now going to brooklyn and Kyrie looking like he's going to go to brooklyn that lets d'angelo russell fly the coop all right he's gone what about bringing d'angelo russell back to la for a rejuvenation like I was here I left but now I'm back to prove why you drafted me in the first place yeah kind of like bring, LeBron in Cleveland situation correct you bring back D'Angelo Russell next piece so now you have LeBron Kuzma AD D'Angelo Russell you need a two guard who's out there what do you need in today's NBA Chandler you need three point shooting correct yep three and D what about JJ Redick a name that's, you know, not not super sexy. J.J. Redick, come from Philly. What can that man do? Yeah. He can defend and he can shoot. Yeah. So then now you have D'Angelo Russell. You have J.J. Redick. You have LeBron. You have Kuzma. And you have A.D. And I'm telling you right now, that is going to be must-see TV. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so that's starting five. Obviously, you need more than five. So you can work the pieces out. I saw something today that said J.R. Smith agreed to join the Lakers, but the Lakers didn't agree. You know, kind of a funny thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. J.R. Smith and LeBron, they had that thing in Cleveland. Yeah. That's LeBron's guy. I don't, I'm not be surprised if he winds up in L.A. That team has the potential to be very, very good. Now, they could also be good if they bring in Kawhi. You know, yeah. I mean, LeBron, Kawhi, and AD. Wow. I mean, that's great. So in but then, in your opinion, would that be the greatest trio in NBA history? The greatest trio in NBA history. I because right now, now you start thinking about trios, and yeah, there's not that many big threes because you know LeBron kind of started that in 2011. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that LeBron was second, maybe because in my opinion, 
Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett, the Celtics was the first big three. In right, my yeah, yeah, you got me there. Yeah, you're right. In, in, in my opinion. Now, that that's that's three Hall of Famers right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so LeBron probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Kawhi probably going to go down as one of the best defensive players of all time after it's all said and done. And then AD, I don't know. AD is unhealthy. I don't know. So to me, prime KG, prime Paul Pierce, and prime Ray Allen would probably be in my lifetime. Now, Chandler, I'm only I'm not even 30 years old yet, so you know, still a I young man. Oh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know about all the the history of trios. You know, I'm a 30 year old sports fan who knows what I'm supposed to know, but I never got to watch it. You know, yep. so in my lifetime, in my opinion, you know, for me being me, that Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen was probably the best trio, although they only won one title, but this one would be right up there close. Yeah, it would. Athletically, for sure. Athletically, it would be the best. Yeah, it would. And, yeah, I with L.A., you know, with Kawhi and A.D. and LeBron, you're going to, I mean, after that, it's going to all have to be basically veteran minimum guys. So then, like you Excellent. said, do you look at a J.R. Smith if he gets bought out, a Kyle Korver if he gets bought out, maybe a Melo? There's options, but I agree with you. You get a bunch of good to great role players, and I think that's better than having all your eggs in one basket, especially with LeBron's groin, Kawhi's load management, and AD's shoulder injury history. That's a lot. You still got to get to the playoffs, and if those guys sit, all sit 20 games apiece, where do they sit? Yeah. What, yeah, I mean, you're going to have those guys, you know, the load management thing, you know, with you know, Kawhi was brought to the forefront this year. He missed, what, 20-some games? I don't exactly know how yep. many it was. but And then they went on this run, they won a title. So it works, but can you do that with three players on the same team? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you. I, yeah, If they can somehow get a bunch of players that are better than what the vet, vet minimum usually is, you know, you have a bunch of guys that say, screw it, I want the ring the money I've got the money then maybe you get a chance with that but I'm with you you know so a Patrick Beverly JJ Reddick oh, guys like God. guys like those Absolutely. will fill your roster Patrick Beverly is a dog man I love Patrick Beverly He's, I think you go yeah. with I would rather have three Patrick Beverleys than you know one Kawhi and two you know absolutely minus players yeah I agree with you I mean Patrick Beverly is one of those guys that you hate him if you're not on. He's not on your team, but you respect the hell out of him. Absolutely, and the, you know the biggest guy for that for me is Draymond. Yep. Oh my God, Draymond is, drives everybody crazy. Unless you're a Warriors fan, he's on your team, then you love him. But Patrick Beverly would be another one. Um, I would like to see. I don't know, but like players like him and Jay Crowder. You know. Oh yeah. Guy, I forget where Jay was this year. Even I think he was at Phoenix but. or the Timberwolves. He's those were his last two places, but I can't remember. So players like that, nitty gritty, grimy, but can still shoot. You know, they if they need to. But three and D is the way that the league is going, and I think if you get you know the JJ and D'Angelo Russell is just D'Angelo Russell on any given night can go out and drop fifty. Yep. You know, just he needs that redemption, and he's got it. And I think it's going to be super fun if they can pull that off. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell with LeBron and AD, what that, what obviously people you know want to look at the how they'll score and all that stuff, but D'Angelo Russell is not an elite shooter, but he's a very good shooter. He can play the two guard because it's important for your point guard to be able to be off ball with LeBron because however old he gets, and he's not gonna ever stop playing point forward, ever. So it's important, you know, you have D'Angelo Russell, and he's young, so he'll have knees throughout the season. And, you know, you think AD and LeBron are going to be rejuvenated because LeBron hasn't sat out this long since 2010, and AD played barely at all last year. So, yeah, I like the D'Angelo Russell. J.J. Redick to the Lakers would just be phenomenal. I mean, his numbers would skyrocket with LeBron. They're already fantastic. And the thing about LeBron is, you know, LeBron's a, one hell of a passer. Yeah. So LeBron drives and JJ's in the corner. He's going to make that more times than he's going to miss it. Yeah. In my lifetime, I've never watched a player be able to hit someone's shooting pocket so often. I mean, you look at last year, I watched a lot of Lakers games because, you know, they had 40 televised games. And whenever he played, 
I just thought after the game, wow, LeBron should have had like 10 more assists there, but Rondo can't shoot. Lonzo can't shoot. He's just, like you said, a fantastic passer. But, so that's kind of what, that's kind of, uh, Corey's thoughts on LA and I I agree with him on everything and that brought up some great points but Corey is there any other situation or multiple situations that you just find interesting or kind of are just jumping at the bit to find out what the news is for well the the Kemba Walker to Boston I mean that to me is the most Boston Celtics thing ever okay Kyrie you know love him you know he won won cleveland a title you know love Kyrie, but Kyrie's kind of a head case Ky- Kyrie's kind of a drama queen mm-hmm. um you know all of his antics you know with the media you know the the world is flat you know some people might agree some might not but he goes into these long 15 minute <laughs> interview spats where he just is talking nonsense so you, he's gone and what's brad stevens and boston Celtics all about hard working you know bring your lunchbox with you we're going to work type atmosphere kemba walker no drama no, you know, off the court things. No media yep. issues. Kemba Walker is a phenomenal basketball player. Now, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember in the Big East tournament one oh, year, yeah. Kemba's Kemba senior year, when he just absolutely took over and dominated the whole tournament. Took it into the NCAA tournament. That kid can go off in a team that he's going to be surrounded by. You know, I would say probably B plus and above players. I think that has the potential to be fun for Boston. Now, yeah, yeah I on agree. The other side, on the other side, how are you going to be Michael Jordan and just get nothing for him? You ain't going to sign and trade or or nothing. He's just unrestricted. He's gone out the door like you didn't even try to keep him because this news, well, you know, it was rumor mill for a couple weeks now. That Kemba to Boston, Kemba to Boston, and you didn't even you, you got nothing for him. You just let him walk. Didn't even try. It seems like so. Yep. I'm a huge Kemba guy. I play DraftKings daily daily basketball, and I drafted Kemba quite a bit last year. He does a little bit of everything. Yeah. And Kemba is a dog, and I think Boston will be better off with him than they were Kyrie. Bold prediction. I so for the just. Um not crazy NBA fan, the guy that just wants to watch every now and again, which is totally acceptable. The, but the non-nut NBA fans probably, like you said, haven't seen Kemba the way that, you know, a guy that plays DraftKings like you or a guy that watches, you know, every, I for like, from my point of view, I watch every Cavs game, so I see Kemba twice a year. And then yeah. I watch the Hornets when they're on TV, you know, four or five times oh. a year. And so my question to you, you said four or five times a year. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is, led right into what I wanted to say. As a, as a basketball fan, you know, how many times has Kemba had a nationally televised game? When is the last time he was on ESPN or ABC, the Hornets? Can you think of it? Because I sure as heck cannot. The only one I can think of Hornets. is when they brought back the 90s court, and people only remember the 90s court. Right. Right. People are going to be like, who is this guy? He's in his, you know, umpteenth year. What? You know, like, who the heck is Kemba Walker? They forgot about him since UConn because he's been buried he's been in hidden. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm telling you right now, he is about to go off oh, Kem- on I, the national stage. I say this all the time. F- first of all, there's this, like, on ESPN and stuff over this past week, you know, there's been, oh, yeah, but he's only six foot tall. Oh, but his height. Oh, Brad Stevens is good at hiding guards and defensive um, strategies. Kemba can defend. Kemba is willing to defend, which is what the NBA is. Every one of those guys can defend if wanted to. It's who is willing to defend. And you watch right. Kemba Walker, and the dude, slap, he's a slap the floor, ass on the floor, sliding his feet. He wants to play defense. Now, Absolutely. is he going to stop Steph Curry? No, because there's like four guys in the history of NBA that have stopped Steph Curry. But he's a better defender than Kyrie. He's not a better finisher than Kyrie. But he has a higher usage rate than Kyrie and a lesser turnover rate. Kemba Walker and Mike Conley are two of the more efficient players in the NBA. And like I said earlier in the podcast before you hopped on, Corey, I was saying how Mike Conley to the Jazz is excellent because it gives them a pure distributor and a guy that just will not turn the ball over. And that's kind of what you're getting with Kemba. 
Now my my only thought is is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, are they going to complain because you know they were mad because they won without Kyrie and but and now they need to. I just hope that those kids understand that Kemba's going to come in here and this is immediately Kemba's team. I don't care where Jason Tatum was drafted. I don't care how good he's projected to be. Kemba Walker is the best player on that roster. And, Absolutely. And um. You know, I don't think he's a step back from Kyrie. He's not as good as Kyrie. But the problem with the Celtics that I fear is they lost Al Horford. And anyone that listens to my show knows that I'm the biggest Horford homer there ever has been. I don't know what it is. He, I mean, he's my favorite post player in the NBA. And I, I just I hope um, Celtics fans realize that if they can't fill that Horford role, they can't expect Kemba to fill Kyrie and Horford's shoes. Yep. But like you said, replacing Kemba with Kyrie, I don't think they take a step back. You know, you lose the locker room drama. You lo- you get you gain a point guard that's not going to turn the ball over, and he's going to be a big time clutch player, and he's going to play his ass off because this is his first time he's going to get a shine in the bright lights of the TD Garden instead of right. whatever the hell Charlotte calls their place, probably like the Beehive or some crap. Yeah. I think on their court it says Buzz City. Buzz, oh like my beat. gosh! Yeah, and now you're going to one of the most decorated courts in all of, you know, sports. So, yeah. I'm with you. I think Kemba to the Boston Celtics is a huge signing. I, uh, yeah. while I have you on here, I told him when we got. I told him when uh, he called that this is gonna have to be short. But if it started flowing, then we were just gonna have to keep going, and it's flowing. So I just saw a report: Julius Randle goes to the Knicks. How big of a letdown? Because we kind of talked about this over text. Has this Knicks offseason starting with the draft been in your eyes? Okay, so let, so let, so let me tell let's talk Knicks, okay? Let's talk Knicks. The Knicks cannot catch a freaking break, man. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the reaction videos from Chris Stapp's Porzingis? You know, who the hell is this guy? Gotta, you, know, <laughs> you know, it started then. And now, all right, you know, KD, you know, one of the best players in the league. You know, bright lights, big city, New York Knicks. All right, here he comes. All right, well, he goes down. All right, so KD, you're gonna have to sit a year anyway. Oh, I'm just gonna go to Brooklyn. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to New York, but I'm not gonna go to New York in New York. I'm going to Brooklyn. Okay, let down number two. <laughs> okay, draft RJ Barrett. Okay, well, all right, RJ Barrett. Okay, good young player. You know, let's see. But then your big free agent splash. In 2019, it's Julius Randle. <laughs> Julius Randle, this, has, this is nothing bad about Julius Randle. Julius Randle is a very good player. Julius Randle was hurt, but when he got time, again, I'm going to go back to DraftKings. When Anthony Davis was down, Julius Randle was a dog. Oh, a the dude can score at will. Rebounds, blocks, steals, everything. This man can do it. But I'm, this is not a knock on Julius Randle, but it is the most Knicks thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I told you the most Boston thing ever. Well, this is the Knicks right here. This is, you know, overhype, 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 boom. Here's a B-plus player. Thank you for your offseason. Yep. Yeah, I – you know, the only way this Knicks offseason is not an F is if they can somehow get DeMarcus Cousins. But depending on if they give DeMarcus Cousins a four- or five-year max, I think that's still an F because – the dude's 29 or 30, you know, he's 7 foot tall, 280 pounds, and he's had an Achilles and a quad explosion in the past year. Like Chandler, he moves like a 60-year-old grandpa in the I finals. Know, I know. The only, the only way it's a good deal, I think, if you can sign him to a one- or two-year deal just to have one star in New York. But even yep. then, you know, DeMarcus That's- Cousins is pretty much immobilized outside of the lane now. And he is a good back-to-the-basket scorer, but... That's all he can do right now. Chandler, I want a hypothetical you real quick. Are you ready? Oh, maybe. You, you live in New York, okay? You're a okay. Knicks fan, all right? All right. You live, in, you live in New York City. You're a Knicks fan. Now, if I tell you R.J. Barrett, DeMarcus Cousins, and Julius Randle, is that enough for you to say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to MSG tonight, or... Nah, you know, I'm going to go to Broadway or I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to a nice fancy restaurant. Are those three players enough to put your butt in the seat? You know, Corey, I'm going to be um, on SeatGeek looking for seats in Brooklyn. Yes, because yes. Where's the hot basketball ticket in New York? Because I'm telling you right now, it is not downtown. New no, York City. 
the New York Knicks are now the little brother to the Brooklyn Nets, which is just amazing. You know, the Brooklyn Nets five years ago were the laughing stock of the NBA because the Celtics, you know, ripped them off for the steal of the century. Well, now the Nets are laughing at the Celtics, and they're going to probably, not maybe not this year, but in 2021, we'll beat the living daylights out of the Celtics with KD, Kyrie, and DJ, and Jared Allen, and Dinwiddie. But, yeah, like you said, you put it in that situation, and, yeah, the Knicks offseason has been a complete failure. You know what I'm saying? You're a a New York Knicks fan. You live in New York. Is those three names going to stop you from going to Brooklyn to watch a game, going out to a nice dinner, or going to Broadway, or whatever the case may be? I don't know what they do in New York City. I'm I'm from a farm town in northwest Ohio. They honk at people and cuss. Yeah. So, is that going to be enough for you to – Put yourself in a seat next to Spike Lee and say, I'm watching this Knicks team. For me, I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. They'll be good. They'll win some games, but, I mean. Yeah, right now your only hopes for New York are Kawhi, which has not even been rumored, so that's not possible. You know, um, a D'Angelo Russell in New York would be pretty fun to watch, but those just aren't likely situations. So, yeah, I don't – the New York Knicks, um, you know – I'm obviously a Browns fan doing a Cleveland podcast. They're officially worse. They're officially the worst ran run franchise in sports history. You know, for a while it was the 2000 to 2015 Browns, but I think the Knicks have surpassed that. I don't. I don't know what goes through the Knicks. I, I really Gosh. don't. Like, how do you wake up in the morning and think that this is your destiny? <laughs> I. I really don't know. I. I feel bad for New York fans, um, sort of. On Twitter, they're a little nuts, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just glad that I'm not a New York Knicks fan, and I'm glad that I'm a Cavs fan, and I can just say, well, maybe in a couple years, the New York Knicks don't even have that right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, they do not. Well, Corey, are there any other uh, free agency topics off the top of your mind that you like you want to hit on right now? Because if so, let them rip, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I called the KD, the Brooklyn thing, a couple year, couple years. Sorry, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I thought it was going. I thought it was going to be a good because if I'm not mistaken, the doctor that fixed KD's last injury is now in Brooklyn, so oh. I can see that him going back there. Double check me on that. Fact check me and come back to that. But let's talk more about that at a later date. If if you'll uh, if you'll have me back, you know when we get more details on that. But that's the other thing. I called KD, and you know it looks like it's going to happen. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Brooklyn. Um, you know he's going to have to get max money for a year to sit out. But to be honest with you, on the other side, I don't think he's going to be the same player. Nope. But if he's if he's not the top one or two, he'll probably still easily be in the top ten of the NBA. So I mean, he's just a tremendous generational talent, and you know, good for them. We'll just see how it plays out. Yeah, I totally agree, and yeah, man, um, I'll definitely be in contact with you soon. Get you and Riker on the podcast. Get you on the podcast. Whatever this, uh, it's it's been great. Absolutely. You know what? Football season's coming up. I'm sure you and I can go round and round about some football stuff too. It's, uh, oh hell thank yeah! Thank you for, for having sure. me on, brother. Yeah, no problem, Corey. Uh, I'll seriously be in contact with you soon. If for some reason I forget to contact you, text me, message me, call me, whatever. Call me out. Absolutely, brother. I can do it. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. You too, buddy. See ya. I just want to thank Corey again for hopping on. Um, I'm sure you guys enjoyed that. That was a great phone call. Thank you, Corey. I'll be sure to be in touch with you very soon. Hop on to another podcast. Talk baseball, football, basketball, whatever it may be. And now we have another caller on the line. It's our good friend Isaac Young, which you guys will all remember. We've actually, I think, recorded like three more podcasts than what have been published because we've had recording issues on like three of them. But uh, we've been trying to get back in touch doing more, and uh, we're going to try to get one out this week. But yeah, it's uh, Isaac Young, Cavs fan, so you guys will enjoy that. And we'll talk a little Cavs towards the end of our call, but... um. Isaac, how you been? What are you thinking about this free agency so far? Uh, it's went pretty crazy. Uh, you know, it started yesterday with the talks of Kyrie going to Brooklyn, and then, you know, 
Kemba, it came out Kemba going to Boston, which is huge. Uh, and I've saw reports now with like they're talking about a three-way deal, trading Kemba or the Hornets training Kemba to Boston, and then Boston giving up Terry Rozier, and then some other team getting involved in that, which I think is crazy, but yet good for both teams because it sounds like. You know, Terry's wanting to go to the Hornets, and then Kemba wanting to go to Boston. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, kind of one one of them that I really liked, and I don't know how you feel on it, but we can kind of touch on this is uh, JJ going to New Orleans. What you what's your take on that? I I really like it. I think that's a great piece. the The only problem I see is JJ. You would have thought, I guess it's not a problem for New Orleans, but you would have thought for J.J. himself, he would have looked towards a longer contract with big money, but he took the smaller one with, I would say, really good money for what he's going to bring to that team. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I truthfully didn't think there was any chance J.J. was leaving Philly. You know, all reports were... He's staying in Philadelphia. He's staying in Philadelphia. I was listening to the Woj pod, and Tom Haverstrow said that he's 100% not leaving, and well, he left. And I, like I've been tweeting and saying all offseason, David Griffin is executive of the year, and we haven't even played a game yet. That's how confident I am in this Pelicans team with the turnaround. I'm not saying they're contenders. They're far from contenders right now. If they sign Al Horford, I'm jumping on that bandwagon. I'm saying they're a five seed in the West around there. Um, do I think they can win a championship? Hell to the no. It's a star-driven league, and they don't have one. But J.J. Redick is huge. Um, help develop these shooters. Help develop these young guys. You know, get him in there with Lonzo Ball. Maybe help him get a shot. Brandon Ingram, help him get more consistent. Um, you know, you saw when Kyle Korver came to the Cavs, LeBron's shooting percentages went up. And then everyone asked why. And Kyle Korver said, oh, he worked out with me. That was the best player in the world taking on a lesser player and saying, hey, you're better than this at me? Help teach me. And I think J.J. Reddick's going to do that for those guys. So, yeah, I'm with you. I really like the signing. Yeah, do you to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this? Do you think that... JJ will come off the bench, or do you think he's starting day one? Uh, I think he's definitely off the bench, and I think JJ Reddick's a better player off the bench, just what he brings. Um, I agree. I don't like how he started in Sixers because someone like JJ Reddick is who you bring in off the bench because he's a he's an energizer bunny. Yep. So I bring him in six five minutes left in the first quarter. People are starting to get tired. Your second. Um, tier guys are coming in so he's either torturing the second tier guys or he's you know making these starters run around and um you know shooters are what you want off the bench because it's it's instant it's instant energy for your team to be hitting threes and i've just always thought you know the kyle corvers jj reddicks of the world the danny greens danny green's a little bit of an exception because he's six seven and can defend at an elite level but yeah i think shooters um as good as jj reddick are just a great six man to have. And with this team, starting Lonzo and Drew, I think is way more important for, you know, chemistry and it's Drew's team, so he needs to start. And Lonzo Ball off the bench is just not a good fit in my mind. Yeah, I, I don't really see that. I feel like well, I feel like for the Pelicans sake, if you make Lonzo your number 1, your point guard and you make Drew your number two guy but like you said you run like a Portland style where you have two point guards but have Alonzo handling the ball more than Drew and have Drew working doing other things on the floor and then you obviously have Zion and then fill in from there I, I think that's a really really good team to where I I'm not saying, like you said, I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship by any means, but if that's what you're building with long-term, and then having J.J. come off the bench, absolutely, I'll buy into that any day of the week. And and I guarantee they're not done. There might be small moves that people will find 
you know, oh, that ain't a talking point. But it seems like when he, you know, when David Griffin was with the Cavs, he brought in guys that just fit. You know, he knew what the mold was that he was trying to make, and he brought guys that fit that. There wasn't any guy that the that they brought in and you're like, eh, I don't really know about that. You know, he, they, he always was good with finding guys who fit. And I think that's a perfect fit for what they're wanting. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the Pelicans are going to be an okay team this year, but I think they're going to be a really exciting team. And I think they have the best young core in basketball. Um, you know, JJ Reddick's obviously not young core, but he's going to help bring out that young core even more. I uh I know we just talked to, touched about this over text a little bit ago and um what do you think about the Middleton signing cuz personally um I think that's the kind of moves that lose you a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let hear me out people. Yeah, Giannis and Middleton have been there their day ones. But paying Middleton a max amount of money Paying Brooke Lopez eleven million dollars a year. That's paying Bledsoe a lot of money. That's the kind of stuff that makes you lose your stars in the long run because you're gonna have to build around them. And if you really unless you really think Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and Eric Bledsoe are your four guy are are your three guys to put around your MVP, then by all means do it. However, I look at it and say, Middleton's streaky in the playoffs. Brooke Lopez is old, and he's seven foot tall, just takes one injury. And Eric Bledsoe's so-so. He's just so-so. That's it. I think this is, in the long run, going to cost him Giannis Antetokounmpo. Unless Giannis is not in it for the rings or the money, he's in it to have fun. But I just don't like the moves. Um, I don't. And then you lose Brogdon, too, who was a big piece of that. I mean, I would have got Brogdon over Bledsoe in a heartbeat. I don't know what they were doing. But... Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. And I think Brogdon for the Pacers is a perfect fit for what they want to do. They're going to build that Pacers team young. They already have some pieces there. They're going to try to build on top of those pieces and just bring in you know, fill in from here, here and there, and get guys that are young. I, I really like that move. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate it as a Cavs fan. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you don't want to face Brogdon and Victor Oladipo. Truthfully, I do now. like that they lost Bogdanovich. He's a big player. Yeah, um, yep, I agree. Thaddeus Young, he's a good player. I really don't want to see Sabonis be there long term because Sabonis is a freaking dude. Every rebound's gonna be. He's a lot like Kevin Love. Every rebound's gonna be his. He's going to be aggressive with his back to the basket. He's just a good player. But in the same in the same sentence, you also have to look at it from the standpoint of when the Cavs were at their best. Now, granted, this was a LeBron-led team. They still faced guys like Paul George, and that you know that team with Hill. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones uh, that played that were it was good battles all season long and it, it built that team to be able to play better in the playoffs. And if you remember, they had some knockout drag out series with the Pacers, you know, going to make you know, is the Cavs to make them be able to go on to the championship. So I feel as much as you don't want to face a team like that, it also strengthens your team in the long run because you faced really good competition. Yeah, I I think as a Cavs fan, I look at the Pacers, and if they can keep this core together, I'm pissed. But uh, Brogdon, Oladipo, Sabonis, Blake Griffin. I'm not – Blake Griffin, good Lord. I read Blake Griffin on my computer and said Blake Griffin. <laughs> Sabonis yeah, and Miles Turner. Miles Turner is a great young center, and he's yes. like 22 I, years old. I really like Miles Turner. And yeah, I, I think and he's got a lot of room of development to grow. He he, he can be an all-star in the next two years. I, I'm yeah. saying it. 
yeah, he's a he's a great he's a great player. Um, he can do it. He can literally do it all. I think he's a lot like Joel Embiid, um, just on a lesser stage. And right now, he's just not. His body's still developing, whereas Joel Embiid is a man body wise. Yeah. Miles Turner still has to fill out. Um, to touch on you were asking about Middleton, yeah, I don't agree with that contract. I'm not as upset with the Lopez one. It's it's really. I, I feel we we had kind of talked about this before. I I feel like with him that he can step out a little bit more. You you are right with the fact that it does just take one injury, and if something does happen to him in that time, uh, yeah, Bucks fans are really going to regret that. But the Middleton, you cannot give him money like that. Uh, I was when he when I saw that he there was a chance that they were going to resign him. In my mind, I was thinking five. And the, I'm not shitting you. <laughs> five years, somewhere between ninety and one twenty. That's what I thought he would get, and I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. But I figured with the way the market was going to go, that's what was going to push it. And then I saw a max deal. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way I'm paying. I let that guy walk for that kind of money. You can get guys like that shoot like him. I'm not saying they're a dime a dozen in the league, but they're a lot easier to obtain than paying a guy that kind of money. You're exactly right. If you are planning on keeping the Greek freak long-term, he's going to demand huge money. Yep. You cannot be paying a guy like Middleton a hundred, what was it, $180 million over five years? Yeah. That's just that's that's insane. Yeah, I I completely agree and I uh that's on the that's on the level of a Kevin Durant, a Clay Thompson type of money. They they he, he doesn't even go and stand in the same room with those guys. I mean, he can't even get a corner spot. No, no way. Absolutely not. It's it's not smart. Same thing. I don't agree with the Tobias Harris. It's yeah, I don't either. Let's yeah, too. let's go into that. Let's talk about Tobias Harris. What what are your thoughts on that? I I I, just, I think the Seventy Sixers are that de- they they were desperate. I think they know for a fact they're not getting Jimmy Butler back. So they're like, well, what's the next best move? Well, we had Tobias Harris. He did good for us last year. Let's resign him, and they give him max money. He's a good player, but not he he's in the same. I would say, I don't know how you feel. I think he's better than Chris Middleton. I agree. But it's not like he's that much above him. He's probably, what, would you say? <sighs> this is how I would compare him. Kevin Kevin Love in his prime is just a tier below Kevin Love in his prime. A good power forward that could start on most any team, but... He's not going to take you anywhere alone. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't. I I'm a firm believer that unless it's a situation like the Cavs have with Kevin Love, where it's kind of like a courteous, it's a courteous. We're going to pay you this now. You deserve this max. I'm a firm believer, and I don't pay a max contract unless I know that guy can win me a championship. If injuries start to happen and stuff like that, if Joel Embiid goes down. Do I think Tobias can get them out of the East? No. If Ben Simmons goes down, do I think he, Tobias Harris? Well, I think Tobias Harris is better than Ben Simmons right now, but you get my I, point. I, like, you look at the Jazz. Like, if Donovan Mitchell goes down, can Mike Conley get them out of there? Yes. That's why you go trade for him because Mike Conley has proven he can get you as far as his roster. Like, he's not going to excel anybody way over the top, but with with what his roster does – he can get you as far as that can go, if that makes sense. Like He's going to get you to how far your roster is competitively. But Tobias Harris, we've never seen him have to lead a team. And when was the last time a power forward led a team to anything? Tim Duncan uh-huh. back in – or Dirk Nowitzki, 2011, and that was an anomaly. LeBron James had the worst finals of anybody ever. Yeah, like, I would say – I would say – I was actually going to say Chris Bosh. But, I mean, they didn't go far into the playoffs with that Raptors team. But, I mean, he did everything for them. Yeah. So, I mean, it has to be Dirk, Tim Duncan, Chris Bosh. But, you know, only Duncan and Nowitzki got anywhere. And those are two all-time greats ever. So, 
I'm not a yeah. fan of paying a power forward or a center that kind of money unless, you know, I have a player LeBron's age or KD's age where I go, we need to win now. The few, It's like kind of what Le, the Cavs did. You pay everyone now, and then once your guys leave, you know, your LeBron leaves, you're in roster debt, but you ha- that's what you have to do. But I don't think the Sixers are in a situation where that's where they have to do. They have two ascending stars. Wait it out. Yeah. Don't microwave the process. Literally the process. Huh. And to kind of touch on that too. So like you look at a Pelicans team who, you know, before AD wasn't even the Pelicans, they were – you wouldn't say the laughing stock, but they were on the trend to be that just because they couldn't get anything right. And then you talk about the 76ers who, I mean, since we've been alive, they haven't been good at all. You know, they haven't been good since, uh, uh, AI. Uh, yeah, AI. And, uh, also, another team being the Nets, they haven't been good since the early 2000s when it was Jason Kidd's team. And, I mean, look at the Nets. They've turned it around. And same thing with another team that I wanted to touch on with you, which is the Kings. The Kings were by far probably the worst team I watched in my entire childhood of NBA. And I always saw the Cavs play them and thought, oh, well, this is an automatic W. This is like watching them play Brooklyn. And the Kings in the last couple years got their front office right. The same thing with the Nets. Got their front office right. Got in good tier players, but not like max contract guys. And built a good team. Now, I see that they signed Ariza. They're bringing in Deadman. And they re-signed Barnes. I mean, those are that those are smart moves. Those are team building moves. Yep. Yeah, they're not they're not flashy. They're not going to steal the front headlines, but they're good, solid moves. Ariza is a good player. You know, he he had a fall off a couple of years ago, and people really didn't know like what type of player he was. And I think he was played wrong, and then he went to Houston, if I remember right. Yep. And he played really good there. And then um, now, you know, getting to go to the Kings, I, I think that's a really good move from them. And that's just a step builder to keep building a really good team. Yeah, I think um, – I definitely think they overpaid Deadman, But Trevor Ariza coming on to help groom these guys. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes, people want to hate on him. He's he's a good player. I mean, he averages like I think 19 points, 18 points a game for his career, something like that. Yeah. He can that's, play. That's good. I mean, he's he's never going to be your star guy. No, he had a meltdown in the in the finals, so that's all people think because they have short memories of the last thing they saw about him. And now they haven't seen him play since then. He could still play. Yeah. Absolutely. And you And he Yeah, go ahead. I I like I think with Harrison Barnes, you know, the the spot that he was put on, like you were saying in that playoffs, it was way, he was way too, it was way too early for, in his career to be put in that. And it wasn't it, anybody's fault. It just happened to be that's how it worked out. Uh, I feel like he has since kind of just regrouped himself and he's understood i'm not a big spotlight guy i'm never going to be an all-star but you know what i can be i can be a quality guy that a team can rely on every night to give them like you said between you know 17 and 25 points a night type of guy and you know what those are the pieces that help build a team to a championship type of caliber team you you can't have you know, it is a star-driven league, but you still have to have guys like that on your team. Yep. If you can get him on, I didn't. I haven't looked to see what his deal was. I don't think it was outrageous. I think it was a pretty decent deal, if I remember right. Signing guys like that to keep building with are perfect. And he's going to start. He's going to be your starting small forward. And 
you're going to go from there. And if you build and go get a, a big free agent in a year or two, I'm I'm sure the way his career has went, if he's not starting, he'll probably take a bench spot and be a great bench player. I'm not, I you know, I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm guessing. The, I just don't see him to be a guy that has to be in the starting role and has to have this big spotlight on him. He doesn't seem like that type of guy. So I, I feel like that's a really good move for the Kings. And I, I think they're trending upward, and they're going to be a, a, a good playoff team in the West. They're going to probably be this year what the Clippers were last year, just a thorn in somebody's side. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Kings are definitely trending upward. Lots of young players. Darren Fox made a huge jump last year. And yep. I, uh, so, Isaac, before I let you hop off, any other free agency topics that just kind of make you say, what the hell? Or, yeah, that's a good move right there. Like, anything that just kind of pops out at you, just let it fly. I like the Ricky Rubio trade to the Suns. Yep. I think that's a move that they absolutely needed. They didn't need a scoring point guard, but a guy that can put up some points. But he's, I, I tell you what, he is the most underrated dime disher there is in the league. This yep. dude has handles. And I'm not saying handles like he's going to go and break you, know, you down in an ISO situation. Yeah, he's not a Kyrie Irving, but what he does is he brings the ball up court and he sees things and can put the ball in places that oh, there's only a handful of guys in this league that can do it. Um, I've been hearing there's talks of Al Horford to the Kings. I like that move, but I am a little bit kind of questioning it just because they are a pace and space type of team. They are not a you know half court break it down and let somebody take the big you know big big steps in the center spot and using moves that that's just not their way to play so i'm curious on that randall going to the knicks it's a solid move and there's not just they didn't throw a huge number at him which i was actually kind of expecting coming out of the knicks because they didn't land KD, but it's not. I mean, they really didn't progress that much more by adding Randall, and I think they're probably yeah. going to turn the spotlight on him, and he's going to crumble in it because, like when he played for the Lakers, when he was the big time guy, he couldn't. He doesn't show up to games like that. But when he's their third, fourth best guy, then he's he plays good. And that's what he was. You know, he played a role for the Pelicans last year, put up the best numbers of his career. And I think if they can play him in that type of role for the Knicks, which I don't think they will, he can he can evolve on that. Mavs signed Porzingis, which I thought would be hilarious if they didn't. Um, other than that, there isn't really anything big. Like I was talking, that three-way trade, if that actually comes to fruition, that will be pretty big. Hey, there is breaking news here. Have you saw it yet? Um, which one? It says JR is willing to sign with the Lakers, but the Lakers won't agree to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. you actually thought it was real breaking news, didn't you? You're a dickhead. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. Oh, that's JR funny. Smith, man. No, the you thing know, is, JR is going to go to the Lakers. He'll get bought out by the Cavs. And the same thing is going to happen with Kyle Korver. Mike my words, he's going to the Lakers. Oh, for sure. I That's what I actually, before I had you on, I said that at the beginning. He'll go there. Um, JR will go there. Um, I think Jamal Crawford's going to head there. I think Carmelo is going to go move. there. I don't like that move at all. I don't like. I, think I really like Carmelo up. going there. Because here's the thing. On a team with, especially if you get Kawhi, Carmelo Anthony is the answer. Because, But even right now, you look at it. LeBron's going to be more energized this year. He's going to play better defense. But you have one of the best erasers in the game now, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. So, say you get Kawhi Leonard. Now you have the best defender in the NBA. 
or say you don't get Kawhi Leonard. Let's say you get Patrick Beverly. Then Carmelo's perfect because you need shooters. You need a scorer, and Patrick Beverly and Anthony Davis will handle the big defensive um, things. You know, we saw Patrick Beverly can guard one through four. He can guard Kevin Durant at seven foot tall. He's not going to stop him, but he's going to get in his head. That's what's important. So I think Carmelo to the Lakers, uh, I think it's. I think that would be a great move um, because Andy respects LeBron. He's not going to be a locker room um, problem. In no, he's, I just – I don't know. I don't know if he can be that type of shooter they need. I, I just – I don't have the trust in him, honestly. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I uh that's fair, but we'll get back on all of this at a later time. I want to oh, I think either tomorrow or Tuesday we talked about hopping on and doing a Cavs pod, so I'll text you about that and see when we're available, but is there anything Bro. else you want to throw out there right now? No, are you wanting to do those listener questions? I'm going to actually have to do those on a different one because okay. Of what we're at right now, we went 30 yeah. minutes, but I mean that's fine. It was all good. But um, save the listener questions for our Cavs podcast. But yeah, that that works. Yeah. So Isaac, thanks for coming on, and yeah, no uh, problem, I'm you'll be back on very soon, so they'll be able to hear you. Sounds good. All right. Um, just want to thank Isaac again for coming on. Um. We've actually been in talks about starting up a podcast to do kind of weekly, bi-weekly. You know, either a broad sports one or kind of just a sit down and kind of crack a cold one and talk about whatever comes off the comes off the tip of our mind. Like, you guys, you guys will know soon enough. But to kind of finish out this show, I want to include a couple listener questions that we had. Um. They're about the Cavs, and don't worry, the next episode is going to be about the Cavs. Um, and I think they're in a good spot. I don't want to give away too much of how I think they're doing, but okay. The first listener question is from at STB underscore virus underscore. He's been an awesome follower. Go give him a follower, guys. And uh, are the Cavs going to sign anyone is the first question. No. No, I don't think they'll sign anyone. Um this kind of leads into his third question. <laughs> and please, dear God, is David not David Nwaba going to go elsewhere? Well, if we do sign someone, that's going to be who it is. Um, sorry, I, I can't give you much hope on that. In tomorrow's episode, I'll be able to give you more hope on the Cavs. But uh, they're not going to sign anyone of uh, significant value. And who might be willing to trade for JR? I don't think anybody's gonna trade for him at this point. I think he's a buy. I think he's a buyout guy. As much as that sucks, I think he's gonna get bought out, and I think he's gonna go to the Lakers, um, probably on a veteran minimum or just a little more. And so I think Jr. is gonna be out of here. Um, to kind of touch on that subject, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I think Clarkson will be out of here by the end of the year. Tristan Thompson. Um, I just think that they both go because you can get assets for those guys at the trade deadline. So I think by the trade deadline, all those guys will be gone. Um, The next listener question we had, I think we had one other listener question. Sorry, let me just take a quick look. No. All right. I guess that was the only listener question. Um, But thank you again at... STB underscore virus underscore. That's pretty much all the news that's been happening that I want to hit on. Like I said, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast, I already forget by now. The Jazz and the Pelicans are the teams that have done the best in the offseason, I think. Yeah, the Nets got KD and Kyrie. That's huge. But the question is, will they ever play together healthy? So for right now, I think the Pel- I think the Pelicans and the Jazz have done the best job. Um, that's all I got for today. Make sure if you haven't go listen to my my last episode. It's uh, episode fourteen. Why the tribe are gonna be just fine. I think a lot of people need to hear it. Um, we had a nice victory today, two zero. 
there is a lot of hope in Cleveland. Jose's starting to find his bat. We have Frankie Lindor. We have Carlos. We have Brad Hand. We have a great starting rotation. We have Oscar Mercado, who's been on fire. Go give it a listen. And leave a review on this. Text me. Message me. Call me. Tweet me. Did you like this? Were you angry that it wasn't all Cleveland? I know I have mostly Cleveland followers. But I think sometimes it's good to get outside of your zone and listen on a different point of view. I think it's okay to do a full-spectrum sports one every now and again, but let me know if you guys hated it, and I won't do these anymore. But I just got a report. Leonard will ramp up the process over the next couple days. That really sucks. I was hoping to wake up from a woge bomb tonight. But anyway... This has been The Lake Effect with Chandler Adams, and thank you all so much for listening.